0: So it's important for me to get out there and spend time with them, you know, however small. Sometimes I'll be on the way home and I'll see a, a, a crew on the side of the road and I always keep my hard hat in my, in, you know, in my safety vest and all the, the, right, the proper PPE in my car because I don't want to miss an opportunity to even stop by for 10 minutes and just say hello, maybe take them a cup of coffee. You know, um, it, it just shows them that you're paying attention to the work that they do and what they do matters.
1: Hello and welcome to On The Grid, Z-Prime's podcast about important issues regarding energy, cities and much more. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, welcome. My co-host today is Aaron Otan, z Prime Senior Research Director, and today we're heading to San Antonio, Texas to chat with CPS Energy. Joining us is Interim President and CEO of CPS Energy, Rudy Garza, and CPS Energy Board Vice Chair, Janie Gonzalez. Rudy Garza and Vice Chair Gonzalez share stories on career trajectory, the importance of getting back into the field, how they're building community trust and their top commitments for 2022. So sit back and stay a while because it's time to get on the grid. Welcome to On The Grid. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, and joining me today is my fabulous co-host from the Research Desk, Senior Director Erin O'Tan. Erin O'Tan, how are you this morning?
2: Hi, Ricky, I am doing great. It's um, bright and early Monday morning, and I'm super excited to be back on the podcast, and especially with our guests today. We first got Interim President and CEO of CPS Energy, Rudy Garza. Um, Rudy, how are you doing today? I know that you and the CPS crew had to work over the weekend probably to restore some some power after some winter weather. Um, Did you at least have a little bit of time to rest?
0: Well, uh, hello and thank you for having us on this morning. Uh, yes, it, it's a great day. The sun is shining. Uh, there's no ice on my lines, and uh, the wind is uh, under control. So my day has immediately got started off much better today than it did uh, last Thursday. Uh, but yes, we are. Uh, you know, we were able to get get everybody back on. Uh, you know, probably you know by midday on Friday, um, in in 18 hours, we we had the good majority of our customers uh, were back on, with the exception of a, of a few you know, challenging areas, but uh, our crews were able to get some rest over the weekend. You know, me and my team certainly uh, were able to get a little bit of rest uh, over the weekend. We're ready to go this, for this week. Nice. That's exciting.
1: That's exciting. I, I'm i excited the sun's out. I'm excited there's no, the ice is gone and things are going well. So it's I'm glad you got some rest over the weekend. Um, joining our podcast, making her podcast debut, we have Vice Chair Janie Gonzalez of the CPS Energy Board. Janie, tell us a little bit about yourself. How are you this morning?
3: Sure, good morning. Thank you, Ricky uh, and Aaron. Happy to be here with you this morning. Uh, so my name is Janie Gonzalez. I'm a local native to San Antonio. It's really exciting uh, to represent such a diverse um, area of San Antonio, which really is a reflection of who I am. Uh, obviously, raised in the lower-income part of San Antonio, had the opportunity to also live in the higher-income area of San Antonio And so I have a really good perspective of what it is to have a holistic view about those who have means and those who don't have means. And so obviously that's a reflection of also what I do for a living, which is, you know, obviously I'm a technology leader. I've been doing that for about 27 years. I was a pioneer in internet technology. And today we do digital business transformation, which is perfect timing through what CPS is going through. So the way that I see my role at CPS, as a trustee and also as a vice chair, who also oversees the technology resilience committee, is that I see it as a transformational transition trustee role, and so I'm very lucky uh, to be working with some great individuals at CPS. And you know, Rudy, of course, uh, is a testament to my personal vision. I, I believe in where uh, CPS can navigate and transform it to a modern uh, grid, and so it gives you a little flavor
2: about who I am.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: It's great to talk with you both this Monday morning. And Rudy, I first met you years ago before I even worked at Z Prime. Um, We actually got to work together on putting together a cross-border energy conference. And you were in a completely different role at CPS Energy back then. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how your career has unfolded your career path at CPS Energy, and what does it mean to you now being the first Latino to lead the organization?
0: Well, first off, uh, I would not be in this seat uh, today if it weren't for my vice chair, Janie Gonzalez. For one, her belief in me that I could do this, and number two, actually going out there and fighting, you know, to make it happen. Um, That's what leadership looks like when you're trying to change a culture of organizations. It takes bold leadership, and, and Janie is as uh, much of a bulldog in terms of her leadership style as any leader I've ever uh, worked with. She's, she's just fantastic and has been a huge supporter uh, of mine. You know, Aaron, when I came to uh, San Antonio 10 years ago, I was recruited uh, to CPS Energy. I was an assistant city manager down in Corpus Christi. I've been in the utility industry for the most part of my career in the private sector up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so when CPS Energy came calling, it really was a great kind of combination of my my background in the utility business and my experience being inside City Hall. So when I when I when I was presented with the opportunity to join CPS Energy, it really was a natural fit for me. You know, it was a it was a, a utility company owned by the, the city of San Antonio. And so you know the perspective I bring to the table you know, is one from really both. I understand city government as well as anybody, and I understand, you know, the utility business. And so uh, I don't know that when I came here 10 years ago, I could have told you that I'd be sitting in this seat as interim president and CEO. I'm not sure, you know, I, you know, I always knew it was, well, I, I didn't even always know it was something that that I that I aspired to, to be. Uh, it was a conversation with Doyle Benneby, uh, our, you know, two CEOs ago, at CPS Energy, a visionary leader in his own right. And Doyle, one day in a, in a mentoring session, he says, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, I didn't know where he was coming from. Um, and so I hem-hawed around the question and he, kinda, he was kind of like, come on, man. He goes, do you want the corner office or not? And, um, you know, and it was the first time, you know, I come from the same place Janie does. I come from, a, you know, a, a lower income, you know, West Side community in Corpus Christi. Um, and I just—I never aspired. I even never understood what a CEO was back in those days. And so that was the first time that anybody had ever put it in my head that I had the skill sets to 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 actually run an organization. And even and, and even once he put that thought in my head, I wasn't sure it would ever happen here. And so you know, I, I've done my best to try to add value to the organization. You know, I've been on the you know on the on the the relationship side of the business. Um, I, I've run the, the wires side of the business from an operational standpoint. The wires c- part of, of our organization is probably the organization that I'm most familiar with in terms of my background. But, uh, you know what? I've been in this role now for going on three and a half months. Um, I love the, the challenge. Uh, you know, it, it certainly, uh, is a culmination of my 25 years in this business. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think so far it's going really, really well. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, You know, my vice chair will will have to give you her perspective on how well it is or isn't going. But uh, my team and I are working hard and we're on the same page. And we've we've been able to rack up a lot of really important wins for not just CPS Energy, but for overall our community over the last three months. So I'm proud of the work that we've done in a very short amount of time.
2: That's a good good reminder how important um, mentorship is and just kind of having someone to talk to about professional development.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Literally, I I wouldn't be here if Doyle hadn't put the thought in my head. I've, I've cussed him ever since he put that thought in my head that I could actually, you know, uh, find myself into the CEO, you know, position because it changed kind of my thinking from that point forward and, and drives me differently today. So yeah, mentors have been a huge part of my success over the years.
1: You know, in some of our previous conversations, Rudy, we've discussed how important it is for you to go out into the field with other CPS Energy linemen uh, and those utility first responders. Why is that so important to you? And more importantly, what can other utility leaders really learn from this approach?
0: Every leader's got to have a people strategy. They got to decide how they're going to connect with their organization, however big or small, it is make themselves available, you know, uh, uh, create opportunities for listening, you know, that are so important. And so, you know, my strategy for, uh, you know, for, for connecting with my employees really is to connect where they are, no different than how I try to connect with the community. I got to connect with the community, not where I am, but where they are at the end of the day. I, you know, I've got to be willing to put on my work boots and my you know, Wrangler jeans and, and my work shirt and get out there and just watch them do their work. uh, Our our employees at CPS Energy are some of the very best technically in the business. You know, when, when other communities lose power, they call CPS Energy to send our linemen to go help them fix, you know, their, their, their system. When, when a catastrophic hurricane or tornado or something, you know, happens. And so, um, so, so they've got a lot of pride in the work that they do. And so it's important for me to get out there and spend time with them, you know, however small, sometimes I'll be on the way home and I'll see a, a, a crew on the side of the road, and I always keep my hard hat in my, in you know, in my safety vest and all the the right, the proper PPE in my car, because I don't want to miss an opportunity to even stop by for ten minutes and just say hello, maybe take them a cup of coffee, you know, um, it, it just shows them that you're paying attention to the work that they do and what they do matters. So that's just been always part of my people strategy is to connect with employees out in the field, and it's worked really, really well. Uh, my employees. very responsive because they they know i'm willing to get out there you know in even in the worst of conditions and uh you know just be with them and that's that's important for a leader to do sometimes
1: yeah definitely this is you know one of so we're in a new season of the podcast and um this isn't the first time meeting community where they are has come up and so it's really nice and refreshing to hear you know I previously come from an education background where that was a big thing for us, where you know we have to meet our parents where they are. So it's a it's a sentiment we definitely can get behind. And I even see you have a, an extra vest behind you too, in case you want to get out today, too. So safety all around. It's <laughs> it's important. I love it. Oh,
2: thank you. Um, Vice Chair Gonzalez, you've got a background as a technology leader. And obviously new technologies are gonna play a key part in modernizing the grid. Um, Kind of following along this line of what Rudy and Ricky just talked about, let's focus on the customer first. And what are some of the ways that new techs will benefit all customers across this socioeconomic spectrum that you talked about before? I mean,
3: I think my response to that is gonna be a little bit long winded but I think it's because it's more complicated than that. I think ultimately as a technologist, uh, what Rudy and I have to do is to deliver something that is so user-friendly at the end of the day, right? But for us, it's a lot more complicated than just user-friendly because it's about user-friendly. It's about it being safe to deliver. It's about it being secure to deliver it. It's about making it affordable to deliver it. And then on top of that, it's about providing the comforts that some individuals can afford and others cannot. So it is a little bit more complicated, uh, I think in our industry. I think part of it, yes, today we might have smart water, you know, heaters and thermostats to electric vehicles, to rooftop solar panels, energy storage and advanced metering infrastructure that of course promise what we all want, efficiency, reliability, resilient energy for the future. However, while these changes are significant and rapid, most electricity is still provided by a large central power plant, right? And ultimately the balance of centralized and distributed distributed uh, energy resources is yes to be determined, right? And so back to that transition, uh, the marketing of modernizing the grid has been happening for quite some time. How you actually get there is in a phased out way of doing it, but during those phases of implementing it, you're also having to deal with policy, uh, political dynamics, and the cost to be able to do that, right? So ultimately for for us, it's about improving equitable grid resiliency, reducing toxic air pollution, reducing the cost of energy bills, creating good paying, sustainable jobs. As as you know, CPS is one of the largest employers. And so one of our responsibilities, how can we be good to consumers is by creating jobs that also are good paying jobs for individuals in the community, but also to be able to uh, uh, transform their trade for sustainability, for for different ways of of linemen, maybe linemen now become more modern in how they do what they do, but the opportunity of economic development is a big role that we play. And then of course, invest in the power grid to advance economic, racial, racial and environmental quality. The need to um, grid modernize is urgent to improve equity, fighting the climate crisis and providing affordable, clean, secure, reliable electricity to our constituents. And one of the greatest thing about a public power plant, the way CPS is structured, which people really you know, when I read all the comments on Facebook, uh, I'm a big proponent of social listening. You know, the first thing you hear is about like, oh, my God, they're just horrible. We need competition. But I would like to challenge individuals and say, how many other organizations would just say, hey, you have $3 million of, of you don't have to pay your bills today until the economy recuperates. I'm not quite sure if, if Elon Musk and, you know, uh, some of these great Microsoft you know, tech giants would be okay with having people not pay their bills. You know, I don't know how many other organizations would be invested in, in in donating to research, R&D at universities and internships and, and supporting nonprofits. And I mean, we do so much. We're more than just providing, you know, electricity. We're part of the fabric of this community. And so, you know, when I think about what is our role, our role is more than just, again, The technical aspect of what we do, it is really about, we are part of the fabric and the poles and we provide energy to the heart of San Antonio. We we basically charge that heart and it would be nice for people to view us differently and not just equate it to my power is up and I don't want any interruptions and it better not cost me a dime. You know, I think that is the challenge and the opportunity to shed a different view of what CPS is really about, because we really are the energy that keeps that heart
2: pumping at the city of San Antonio and for local communities, it does, it does. Like you said, there's there's a lot, a lot of different aspects that Gridmom encompasses, and even just the customer aspect. Um, but thank you for that.
1: One thing I've always noticed about CPS Energy is that sense of being in the community and being around and letting people know you're present, and that's just always something I've always loved and really admired about. CPS Energy, so I can definitely see that just throughout numerous efforts uh, throughout the community uh, for community events and things like that. So, um, I, so I love that. Um, recently, the CPS Energy was approved for a rate increase with with a condition that a third party audit would be performed. How will this audit restore trust from the community in CPS Energy, and how are you planning for transparency throughout that process?
3: Well, I mean, first of all, I don't think you gain trust with one effort. <laughs> I think it takes multiple efforts. And I think that the strategy that Rudy uh, has laid out with his vision um, and, and, and what the board wants to see that it's it's going to take several things. I think that this, this uh, effort is one of many different things. I, I think for me, I'm excited about it. From a different lens. I mean, sure, I can, I can bring in a third party consultant and, and they're going to take a lot of existing data and they're going to see that the roadmap is already there. You know, I, I just think, again, this is important for those who are externally looking out versus having the personal intimate experience of, of what we need. But I also believe that it, it doesn't hurt. To, to have a third-party lens look at you, you'll discover something different. And I, again, see it as an opportunity to kind of look in SWOT analysis, what we're doing great, what we're not doing so great, and how can we build upon that? I, I don't really see the real big need to reinvent CPS. However, I do see a sense of urgency to have a strategic plan with so many things have changed just uh, drastically. I mean, for me, you know, I I think those who even want this will discover that the world that we lived in two years ago is drastically different than what we're living today. And that they're going to really find out that it's not as easy to just do an audit. An audit doesn't really help you any. I mean, it gives you you insight. You still got to do the work. So again, I, I welcome the opportunity to lead this effort. I mean, being a business owner myself, I think that there's always value and getting a third party perspective. You know, I do plan to meet with city council and those who are interested to kind of just, you know, kind of paint up, here's what we're gonna do. Here's how the process is gonna do. We're gonna leverage this process also to diversify who's at the table to conduct the audit. We don't want one firm. We really want several different perspectives from large organizations and smaller, because I think that's important that we diversify the procurement opportunity I'm a big proponent of that. Again, getting city council involved, uh, using the MUC that's in place to communicate what our goals are for it and how we plan to execute it. But ultimately, I think what I'm most interested as a trustee is, is taking this roadmap and then building a comprehensive strategic plan, frankly, that's gonna be agile and in, in perspective because the world doesn't operate in 10 year plans anymore. We're lucky we can implement and execute a 15 month plan. So I think that that is one of the the great opportunities here. And as far as, again, I will reiterate, you don't gain trust with one one artifact. You gain trust through multiple actions. And this is one of many that we have planned for the remainder, for the new year, frankly, uh, to be able to gain that
0: trust.
1: Nice, yeah, definitely.
0: Ricky, let me let me just interject there. Yeah, that is sure. a C, that is a CEO quality response there. I think sometimes you know Janie doesn't get credit for being you know a Latina CEO of a you know of a, a of a tech you know company in a in a really challenging you know business environment. But that was a you know that I just I just wanted to punctuate that response because I thought it was right on the money, and I think it's it's reflective of. The talent that Janie brings to the CPS Energy board. Yeah, the fact that she recognizes ten-year plans are a thing of the past in, in in the environment that we're in. I think is because she couldn't be more 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 you know on point with that with with that particular comment because she's right. It you know if if the if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that you know you're you're living year to year, not knowing exactly what the circumstances you're going to be faced with. You know, I mean. February came around last year when a storm already hit and our whole focus changed, you know, so I, I just, I thought that was a really, really on point response.
1: I'm on the board of an organization, uh, Latinitas, which is in Austin, and it's an organization that focuses on getting young um, women of color into STEM and media roles. And so, um, Janie, your story just really resonates with me and I'm, it makes me very excited.
2: Thank you. So speaking of winter storm Yuri, uh, we are coming up on the one year anniversary of that storm. And it's really still fresh in the minds of Texans, especially as evidenced by lines at the grocery store last week when there was only 36 hours worth of freezing in the forecasts. What have you all learned over the past year about communicating with customers, particularly about storm preparation? Rudy, would you like to go first?
0: Sure. Communication has been, you know, kind of one of the three pillars of, you know, uh, of self-critical, you know, review that we've done of ourselves since February, uh, and and communication is probably the one that has the most impact to move uh, our customers in a better direction in terms of their trust, rebuilding trust in, in CPS Energy. So we've done a, a number of things on how we're communicating with our customers. First, let me just say that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time last week with the, the winter storm we just faced. I think they called it Winter Storm Landon. Um, mm-hmm. it reassuring our customers that I don't want them to be fearful, uh, you know, in the future, even under the worst case scenario, you know, CPS Energy is in a much better position to do better, this, you know, in any future event than we did you know, in the winter storm year. So, so just setting our customers' minds at ease that we're on the job is, is kind of job number one for me as interim CEO of, of this organization. But we've done a number of things. We're, we're collaborating with our community maybe than we've ever done before. And so we're going to our community, you know, with with a, 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 with one message, you know, we're, we're presenting ourselves as one team, the city, the county, CPS Energy saws, Via Metropol- you know, Metropolitan Transit Authority, um, all of the organizations that need to come together during times of crisis, I think, are on the same page and we're speaking from the same sheet of music. Number one, number two, uh, the, the 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 work that we put in to change how we're communicating with our customers has been phenomenal over the last year. It's, you know, we we relied in the past on just you know social media maybe you know, some media, you know, interviews here and there. Uh, But now, you know, at a hit of a button, we can, by email, by text message, by phone call, get to over 700,000 of our customers with a timely message on what's happening on our system and what they need to do to protect themselves or to get to somewhere safe, or just to be aware that something's going on that they need to be paying attention to. You know, that, you know, being self-critical about our outages and what we're doing you know to recover um, you know I think it was a it was a really po- I've got a lot of positive feedback about how we were communicating uh, the outages that were happening you know and and last week we were able to tell customers look you'll be back on within 12 to 18 hours uh, of that of that of that ice and wind event you know coming through and just being able to tell them that I think is is a step in the right direction so um, we have really you know kind of through, throwing the, the entire, you know, toy box out in our, in our room, you know, room here to try to find the right uh, approach to communication. Uh, and, and, you know, and there's still going to be one customer out there who says they didn't know what was going on. And so I think as long as that's the case, we will, we will always strive to do better. Uh, but I think we've come a long, long way. And I'm really proud of my team for, for the work that we've done on the communication side. Janie, you want to provide input because I know you've been right in the middle of, 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 of the, the feedback that we've gotten from you <laughs> on how we're communicating. Well, yeah,
3: I mean, I, I think that coming from a different environment, when I first joined CPS and, and Rudy knows this, I was very critical prior to Winter Yuri about her communication style. And I think that CPS and even our city uh, got used to not being disrupted. You know, they, they're used to running status quo because they're large organizations and a small business environment, there's always a fire. So for me, always having uh, understanding the need to rapidly communicate has always been critical. Cause I mean, there's always something in a small business we have a hosting environment data center. So if, if, if a site goes down, you're used to communicating. And so things are faster. And so for me it was always really hard to be part of CPS and kind of see the way things were when it came from communication and unfortunately it it, it took winter yuri for the city and and CPS and other entities to kind of see like hey government can be disrupted wow and so in many ways it took this for a collective effort to work together And I think that this provided also CPS the opportunity, like everybody, to reflect and say, how can we do this better? And at the end of the day, you know, we have to have a strategic strategic multi, uh, what we call high-touch approach to our end users. You have those with low bandwidth and those that have the fastest connection. And, And what we've learned with these type of storms is that Not everybody's going to be connected 24-7, regardless of zip code. Not everybody's going to have the financial means to go to HUB and clean clean out, you know, the the store. And not everybody's going to have the means to have the right equipment in their homes, like generators. And so what our city is learning is that if we collectively don't work together with the energy company and vice versa, is that we make it harder for people, regardless of social social economic backgrounds to conduct business or their daily lives. And so it's our responsibility as a community to leverage all assets of government, whether it's fire, water, you know, get energy, you name it, to comprehensively work together and be more diverse in our thought and how we communicate. Now, there is a danger, I will tell you, and we'll see how this goes, is that these last couple of uh, trial runs we're over communicating, in my opinion. It would be nice to kind of keep, kind of, kind of look at what works because it could get to the point that if we continue to over communicate and overreact, that you know what that means, that people get comfortable and be like, eh, "I'm not going to worry about anything," and they get complacent. So there's always a danger with over communicating with misinformation and complacency. So that is; those will always be the challenges with what it is to provide comprehensive strategic communication and, and provide resources and tools, right? To balance that out and be aware that people do get complacent uh, with communication or they get used to a certain communication and when that's not there, they don't know what to do. So yeah, I mean, it, again, good lessons learned. And I think that CPS has done has taken the right measures to, to meet the needs of where we are today and the expectations with all the partners that we work with.
1: Communication is tough, like just in general in life, like with your well, yeah, partners, I mean, with everyone. Meeting,
3: and then you're, compl- and then you're, you're complicating with, with um, misinformation online where people literally take everything for fast value. I mean, we had an incident and Rudy knows this because I'm, the few, one of the few trustees that again does social listening. And so um, there's always a lot of noise, but then there's always danger in what I see. We saw someone locally starting posting outages comparisons of San Antonio and Austin. Well, there's a danger in that because you're talking about, yes, winter, but the impact of what they had was very different than the impact that we had with that storm. And then you're talking about different infrastructure where ours, we have more an older infrastructure with more wires and they have more underground. So you cannot compare apples to apples. But in today's world, if we post a meme or we post this, people literally jump on the bandwagon and you literally saw that out of control. And it's our responsibility. That's a prime example of having to stop something like that and, and call that individual and say, hey. Let me present the facts, if you're going to be out there using that map, please use it responsible, you know, because how you present data will 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 create a storm that's unnecessary when we're already are, you know, full blown at capacity doing the right things right, so I think a lot of part of communication is not just delivering the message to help somebody, but also counteracting right countermeasures with individuals that are using information for their benefit, for fear, for gain, for again, taking us down. And so we don't just have the responsibility of of effective communication. We also have the responsibility of deterring negative information. So it's more complicated with how we communicate online today.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a a, a sense of social responsibility almost that needs to come with that, that maybe sometimes is lacking from certain- we're angry (laughs) because we're
3: down 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, So our wrapping up today, um, you know, you're both new in your roles at CPS Energy. So as we wrap up our conversation today, What are your top commitments for the year? Uh, Rudy, we can start with you.
0: Well, so my commitments are pretty simple. Uh, I got to keep the train on the tracks here and make sure that CPS Energy is focused on the very basics, which is to provide the very best electric and gas utility service that we can provide for our customers. We made some commitments to our owner regulator, the city of San Antonio, uh, to make some decisions about the future of our generation uh, planning you know their generation plan and and you know dealing with uh, the two remaining coal units uh, that we've got in, in the broader context of of how we intend to 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 reliably and affordably serve our customers you know into the future um, you know we've got to look overall and start the work at least to to look at our rate structure and make sure that you know we're we're as innovative and forward thinking uh, as we can be there um, and you know and we've got to make the investment that we committed to making to our community to be resilient, you know, and be able to recover from you know storms like Landon and Uri and you know whatever next storm is to come. Um and so for us the the work plan is is actually you know pretty simple. It's it's just to to do our jobs and to be there, you know, for our customers and and rebuild the trust that you know customers have lost in us. So you know again we're the same utility that we've always been. We're the same utility that was the number one you know, uh, rated local government entity in San Antonio, you know, right before winter storm area. We're still the same people. We're still the same crews. Um, We're still the same organization, but we got to get back to that and, uh, and reinstill, you know, that confidence that the community needs to have in CPS Energy to do our job. So, so focus is pretty straightforward, uh, but, but, uh, you know, we're, we're committed to getting back where we need to be.
3: Um, I, I think for me, it's, it's it's a little bit different. I think that Rudy right now is is what he's doing. He's executing right. He has to execute to the mandate that we currently have, self-imposed or not, right? Politically imposed or self-imposed or not, there, there's the running of the business. And I think my my role is different. I see my role very different than maybe people like. I mean, I, I think ultimately one of my strengths has been being a visionary and understanding where you are today where you need to be tomorrow. I don't think that you can be in the field of technology if you don't understand trends and be able to forecast where things are moving and things are moving fairly fast. And so I, again, see my role as a visionary to be able to work with people like Rudy and say, hey, I think we can be here tomorrow, but ultimately I'm here just to provide feedback. But, you know, I think for me, it's really... My focus is again to continue to make smart investments in the power grid to advance economic, racial and environmental equity with agile, with an agile solid business plan for grid modernization with the right leader in place at CPS, you know, and the right leadership team at CPS. And working with their city and and county and other organizations that are partners to make this happen. you know, um, at, the, at the end of the day, that is my role. My role is I have a fiduciary response to make sure we stay in business. I have a responsibility to make sure we have the right leader in place. And I definitely have a responsibility to ensure that we modernize CPS in a direction that is slightly different that it has been viewed as, or even being as. I, I still think that we're fighting, um, you know, unfortunately, we still have that black eye and and, and we're going to have to, you know, I don't think we need a full rebrand, but I do definitely think that we need to uh, align ourselves and our message needs to be re-energized in a way that meets the expectations of where we are today as an economy, as a community, as an organization. Things are not the same. Things can stay the same. You die when things are the same. Things have to evolve and, and I think that CPS is evolving to a better organization and it is our responsibility as trustees to to help navigate that and they execute.
2: Yeah, I really like that perspective of of social listening and and seeing what people are actually saying out there to get kind of what that on the boot, boots on the ground approach that Rudy was talking about earlier and um yeah, there's a lot of noise out there but I do think that that is really a great approach and that you guys are on to to something with that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately you learn a lot. You don't, you don't have to necessarily spend a lot of money in my opinion, to learn about how people feel and how they're thinking and how they're acting. I mean, humans are very predictable. At the end of the day, humans want to be taken care of. We live in a world of consumption and consumerism. And so there's not a lot of room, frankly, to not deliver the expectation. I, I just think the challenge with CPS is, it's not that we don't have a product in place. It's just that we, we are uh, we're a government entity, uh, even though it's, you know, and so people want their cake and eat it too. They want us to deliver the service, but then they don't want any, you know, any constraints with that delivery of it, right? Uh, they want all the convenience, but not having to pay for it. I mean, think about it. Uh, and there's a lot of research on this. If you think about, uh, people would rather go poor, go starving and not buy groceries and pay their data bill so they can be on the internet. I mean, that's very telling about what we're living in today. And so I, I obviously, you know, do believe that we have a role, but I think how we're viewed needs to change. We have to be viewed more than just delivering a product. If If people don't understand that we're more than just that, then I think that no matter what Rudy and I do, it's hard. We, we have to humanize what CPS does and that we are more than just, an, you know, an ends to a mean. And I think that that's one big area that not only do we need to, you know, we talk about being held for more transparency, but I really think the opportunity for us is not about us being more transparent. I think our, ours is an opportunity of how do we humanize what CPS is about so that people see value in us more than just delivering a product. Because we're more than just delivering a product, and again, again, I think that's where Rudy comes in. Has a big heart, and in order to humanize an organization, you have to have a big heart, and people have to see that you can still be, you know, uh, have feelings about how you execute a strategy, have a conscience, have a social conscience, and still be profitable. You can do both, And, and I think that that's the opportunity, and that's what we see in Rudy, and hopefully, that you know, collectively, we can do that.
1: Definitely. With well, on that note, I want to thank you both for joining thank us you. today. Um, this is a great conversation. I enjoyed talking with both of you. Um, any last notes before we leave that you want to leave,
3: listeners? Oh, I'm good. Thank you.
1: Thank you
0: again for the opportunity. Rudy, it's your yours closing. Well, I just want to thank Z Prime. As always, y'all have been great partners over the years, and I look forward uh, to uh, joining you in the future for uh, other programs. And certainly, I want to thank. Uh, our vice chair, uh, Janie Gonzalez, for joining us uh, on the on the podcast today, and for her leadership on the CPS Energy board. Again, uh, it is a you know for the most part a volunteer position. I think they get about 100 bucks a month, maybe you know t- for the for the 10-15 hours <laughs> a month that they have to they commit to CPS Energy, and uh, it, it's you know people don't realize how important the role of a trustee at CPS Energy is to the community of San Antonio and and Janie does it right she does it for the right reasons and uh i can promise you that uh you know that that we're we're you know working quickly for the board and the leadership team at cps energy to get on the same page to develop a strategy for the future uh, and to be successful because we have to be uh, and janie provides great leadership and i just want to say thank you for for what she does
1: yes janie shout out <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both again for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the grid with us. Uh, until next time, we'll see you soon.
3: Thank you. Bye.
1: I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today and you for listening along. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on the grid, email us at infozprime.com. At For updates, please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at Zprime and on Twitter at Zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by Ricky Murray and edited by Aria Lavanti. Cover art is designed by Mia Dance.